Hello, and welcome back to the Business Casual. My name is Stacey, and today I'm joined with millennial money expert, Chloe. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. How are you? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. We are equally as excited. Why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you live, what you do, and a little bit about your brand, Deeper Than Money. Yes, absolutely. So I, like you said, I'm a millennial money expert. I live in the Midwest. I live in Kansas City and I own a financial literacy company called Deeper Than Money. So we specialize in helping millennials get ahead with money, whether that be paying off credit card debt or paying off those student loans, growing a savings, and really getting ready to invest early so they can enjoy financial freedom, not only down the road, but today in their 20s and 30s. Amazing. We're so excited to have you on the show today. You also have a podcast, which is amazing. I listen to it religiously and it's an amazing podcast. You guys should definitely check it out. Um, But before we get started, we want to start with five rapid fire questions just to give us a chance to get to know you a little bit better. So we will start with something fun. If you could have one superpower, what would you choose and why? I would choose to teleport because we have a lot of friends and family that live all over. And so we spend a lot of time traveling to go and visit people. And I like travel, but it would be so nice to be like, snap your fingers and you're somewhere else. Snap your fingers and you can just, and I'd have to be able to transport like with my dogs, of course. (laughs) For sure, for sure. (laughs) A group transportation, just holding your dog's hands and like go. Exactly. Different place. That's amazing. I love that. Uh, What is your favorite pastime or hobby? Um, also has to do with my dogs, but going on just a nice evening walk with the pups is my absolute favorite thing. Just getting outside and they're just so happy to do anything. So that that's for sure. My favorite. What kind of dogs do you have? I have two miniature golden doodles and their names are Rosie and Millie and they're the sweetest dogs in the whole planet. So cute. (laughs) Um, and so kind of going off your first superpower, if you can go anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? Um, honestly, I'm going to have to say Italy. And that is because I was supposed to go there in April before, um, the pandemic. And I was so excited. I was so excited. And then like a week and a half before it got canceled. So that has been on my mind since then. So that is probably the first place that I'd want to go. Hopefully you will be there soon. Hopefully we'll all be traveling soon. Um, if you had to live with only one makeup product, what would you choose? It could be a brand or like a specific. Yeah. Um, I'm like really not that like married to a brand. Um, I use like lots of different brands. And so I would definitely say mascara because I feel like if I am just like feeling a little eh and want to, you know, make myself just like mm, have that like vibe, you know, um, I'm always going to just go with the, go with the mascara. I feel like it just adds something, you know, definitely a classic, easy, love it. (laughs) Uh, last but not least, what is your drink of choice? It can be alcoholic or non-alcoholic. Like, what's your favorite thing to drink? Oh my gosh. Um, I love, I mean, I am just silly for pumpkin spice lattes. And now oh. that they're back at Starbucks, um, that is hundred, I will drink it cold. I'll drink it warm. I wish Starbucks had it year round because that is like my favorite thing ever. I haven't had one yet. And I really, really need to look at one because everyone's talking about it. It's on everyone's story. Yeah. Everyone's posting about it. And I just feel like I'm, I'm I have like FOMO from yeah, yeah, so this because I haven't had one yet this season. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Um, okay. So I know you started talking a little bit more about Deeper Than Money, but maybe you can just tell us like why you started it, how it's grown. Um, I know you have like different courses on your website, kind of like an mm-hmm. overview of that and like what it means to you to have started this company and have seen it grow. 
Of course. So I really started Deeper Than Money to solve my own problem that I had. So when I was in college, I was, I knew nothing about financial literacy. Um, I just basically used, swipe my debit card until it got declined. And then I would say, all right, I have to wait a week. Like that was my version of what I knew about finances. And so, and I struggled. It obviously had a lot of negative consequences by that being the lifestyle that I had at that point. And so, um, and everywhere I looked to try to get help with finances, it was boring or it was just, it didn't apply to me or it was just, it didn't make sense. It was confusing and they used all these big words and I was like, Oh, and so I just ignored it. I just ignored it. And so that I started this company to solve the problem that I had when I wanted to learn about money, but didn't know how to. And, um, and now that's what we do. Right. And so it, it's so cool, um, watching it grow. So we just had our two year anniversary and it has grown. I mean, it, it's crazy. Like the team that we've grown, the, the revenue that we've grown in two years and, and the big goals that we have are, are wild, but I will also say that those are the big, crazy, wild, audacious dreams that I had from day one. And everyone was like, oh, okay, Chloe, that's so cute that you have this thing. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I believe in this. I know that it can do that. And so if, if you are sitting on an idea, you're listening to this podcast and you're sitting on, on an idea and you're like, oh, well, everyone thinks it's kind of lame. Like, maybe I shouldn't. You're the, if that's placed on your heart, you are the only person that you need to make that dream come true. Like go for it. And people will believe it. Like when you, when you create it, when they see it. So, um, and then to, to answer the last two, we have, um, an overview of like courses and stuff. We have our signature program, which is called wealth accelerator, which is like the big kahuna, right? It is the transformational program. It's a three month program. It's amazing. It's my baby. Um, and then we also have smaller, um, smaller things. We have a free challenge. That's amazing. It's three days free, how to save a thousand dollars in three days or how to save a thousand dollars in three days, not three days. <laughs> oh, um, I recommend it to everyone. And then we have smaller courses on how to negotiate like your car insurance and things like that. Um, and, and really deeper than money means the whole entire world to me, just because this vision that I had, you know, a couple of years ago being like, I know that people need this. I know that this is going to be so impactful. And to see it today, to be working with hundreds of clients, helping them become debt-free and achieve financial freedom and do all these things. It, it, it's wild in the coolest way ever. Well, congratulations first off on success you've had and for passing your two-year anniversary. That's amazing and like i said i listened to your podcast and i only found you recently i'd say in the last three or four months but you have some really great insight and advice and like you said i just think a lot of people don't understand it so they ignore it and mm -hmm. they just don't seek out advice or they don't seek out any financial you know consultant or anything like that and especially people in the gen z millennial period or era because it's just not fun and exciting and not like totally. what we're used to. So I think I would recommend anyone to totally check you out and check out your courses. And today's podcast episode is all about money, financial literacy and like the money conversation. So I'd love to hear from your perspective, what the biggest financial pitfalls are for millennials and Gen Z's and like what the common mistakes you see people making when it comes to money management. Totally. Um, so I would say number one, the top one is not advocating for yourself. So when you're feeling 
super insecure about your finances, which is the norm, right? That's the norm. And when you're like, I don't know that much about my student loans, or I don't know that much about banking, or I don't know that much about this stuff. And then we see a fee on your account. It's easy to say, well, I, since I don't know that much, I'm sure they know what they're doing, right? So I, I'm sure that fee, like I deserve that. And so we don't ask about it and we don't question those things. And so all of a sudden I'll see clients who they have hundreds of dollars of fees in their account per year that they just thought, oh, well, the bank knew, right? And I didn't, and they were a mistake. And we called and got them refunded, things like that. Or maybe they're, they don't know what interest rate their credit card is. And they think, well, I, I feel stupid calling and asking, so I don't want to call and do that. And then, of course, since they don't call, then they are losing that confidence and losing that advocacy for themselves where if they did call, they could negotiate that lower. But if you don't know what it is, how can you change it, right? How can you change it? And so really just not advocating for themselves because they don't, they're not in a place where money, they feel confident with their finances. Um, so that's definitely like the number one pitfall that I see. The, the second one is very similar, but because of their lack of financial literacy and understanding how to do this, how to pay off debt, how to do this, that they, they'll make mistakes just by not knowing. So that can be simple things like, dang, I don't know how to grow my credit score. So I think you're supposed to open up a credit card. So I'll open up a credit card and I think I'm supposed to put money on it. So then they're putting money on it, not realizing that there's interest racking up. And then all of a sudden they're in debt and they're in debt and they're in debt. And it's hard to get out of that hole. And so, and so I'll see that a lot of where the lack of financial literacy to a decision that is not in the best interest for them, which then leads to a result where they're stuck financially trying to get out of it. For sure. And then I guess kind of a follow-up to that. I was listening to your podcast and you'd mentioned that you develop financial habits or money skills at the age of eight. So that is crazy and that's really young. So would you say that these like habits that we develop or like the mistakes that we make is from, you know, that age or is it just because it's not taught properly in schools or kind of like, where do these pitfalls come from and these mistakes that we make come from? Totally. Great question. So you're totally right. Most of our money beliefs. So what we believe to be true about money are set in stone by eight years old, which is crazy. It's yeah, that wild. seems so young. I didn't even, wasn't even paying attention to anything. That, exactly. That age. Exactly. And so if you think about it like this, right? So when we're at that age, our parents are telling us all these things that are true. Okay. They're telling us, Hey, that's the sky. Like mom, why is the sky blue? Mom, what are those? And you know, mom or dad or grandma, grandpa, or whoever's like, Oh, those are clouds. And they're like, okay, cool. So as an eight-year-old, you're like, okay, cool. So there's the sky, that's the sky. And those are clouds. So you're like, okay, that's the truth, right? Like that's set in stone. That's what is true. And then let's say you are at dinner and you hear mom and dad talking about how they're really stressed because they can't, they don't know how they're going to pay their bills. So at eight years old, similarly to how you heard them talking about the sky and you're like, okay, that's the truth. You hear them say, oh, we're, we're never going to get ahead with money. And at eight years old, you think, okay, that's the truth. That's the truth. We're not going to get ahead with money. So then all of a sudden as a 20 something year old, you're, you still live with this belief that I can't get ahead with money, not realizing it, that that's not actually true. That's just a belief. And so we have to, and I do this exercise a lot with my clients and they're always like mind blown by it, but I will list out and you can do this with yourself, right? Like on a piece of paper, write down a bunch of things, write down like 
the, you know, the clouds are in the sky, the grass is green, um, I will have student loans forever, uh, the, I have five fingers on my hand, I am bad at money, write down all these things and then go through and go, is it a belief or is it a truth, right? A truth means it's true, right? Gravity, right? Gravity is real, okay? That is true. But then you go to the next one that says, I'm bad at money. And instantly our body goes to say, no, that's true. But that's not true. That's a belief. We can change that. We can update that. And so that is the biggest thing is that your little eight-year-old self is still that those beliefs that you created as an eight-year-old are still most likely ruling your life today. And the decisions that you're making today are based on those underlying subconscious beliefs that you have to go in and manually reset, right? Our phone's not working. We have to reset it. Um, we have to go in there and say, no, 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 no. It's not, I might be bad at money today, but I can learn to be good with money. I can, just how you learn to tie your shoe, right? At one point you were bad at tying your shoe, but you learned how to be good at tying your shoe. You can learn how to be good with money. And so really challenging yourself, how you talk about money, what you believe to be true about money and saying, okay, this is not the truth. This is a belief. And if it's a belief, I can change it. For sure. That's really great advice. And kind of just listening to what you were saying, what age do you kind of, do you think start taking control and learning what is habits and what is, you know, truth and mm-hmm. like, when should those wheels be turning and when should you really start thinking about financial literacy and what you actually mm-hmm. know is true and what's not true and when you should yeah. start kind of taking control of that and building those skills. Cause it obviously also takes a long time. It's not something that totally. happens overnight and it's not something that you can listen to one podcast or, you know, mm-hmm. read one book and it's going to like magically happen. It definitely takes a long time. So kind of like, what's your advice on that? Totally. Um, so, I mean, honestly, I wish we were taught that stuff in high school. I wish we were taught all of this stuff at like, I don't know, 12 years old. <laughs> um, but unfortunately we're not. So, um, that's the biggest thing is like, it doesn't matter what, like if you're old enough to go on your iPhone or whatever, go to podcast, turn this podcast on and listen to this podcast. This is the age, right? Like this is the age to start doing this. And that's the the cool and also wild thing is that there's no like end goal, right? It's not like, man, I'm struggling with how to make the perfect coffee and now I perfected it and now I'm done, right? Like updating our money beliefs and our beliefs about what's possible for ourselves and just smashing those limiting beliefs that we've set for ourselves. It's a lifelong journey. It's something that you're continuously growing toward and, um, you know, crushing through those barriers. And so the earlier you start, the easier it gets to do that. Like it, the easier it is to, to be able to do that. So one of my friends, she uses this analogy all the time and she says, okay, imagine if you're laying on your back and you're like at a picnic, right? You're in a, a picture yourself in a meadow, you're laying on your back on a picnic blanket and you're looking at the clouds and a cloud comes by and a cloud says something negative about you. It says, um, I'm horrible with finances or I will never get ahead with money or I'll be in debt forever. We can choose to focus on that cloud and be like, wow, you're right. I suck. I'm never going to get ahead with money. I'm not very smart with this. I might as well ignore my finances. What's the point? And we can choose to just focus on that cloud as it goes across the sky or that cloud can pop up, right? Because our thoughts, it's going to happen, right? You don't just like get rid of all of your negative thoughts forever. We're human. So a thought like that could pop up on a cloud. 
And we immediately are like, nope, I'm not going to focus on that cloud. I'm going to wait for the, okay, here's another cloud. And this cloud says, I absolutely can get control of my finances, or I'm going to be wealthy. I'm going to build wealth. I'm going to take care of my financial literacy, whatever. And we can say, I'm going to focus on that cloud. And so it's not that, oh, at some point, all of your negative thoughts go away. It's just that we start to, it becomes easier and easier to get into that thought process of, I choose these thoughts. I choose these thoughts. And especially we talked about this a little bit ago, but building a business, oh my God, like self-doubt pops up every single day. You're like, I can't do this. Who am I to think that I can do this? And you're like, nope, I'm not going to focus on those clouds. I'm going to focus on this cloud over here that says this dream needs to be out in the world. Like this, I need to go and help people. I need to go and serve people. And so the more that you can practice that, the easier it gets. For sure. And I think also like finances and money is also always evolving. And like, even now over the COVID age, you see so many stories saying, oh, we don't accept cash anymore. Oh, we only use card. And at first you don't realize it, but then one day, I don't know where I was and I only had cash on me. And I went to the front and she's like, sorry, we don't accept any cash. And I was like, oh, this is really weird. I've <laughs> never experienced this before. And I kind of like stopped and I guess, you know, it was a slow and steady like switch, but then it just kind of happened. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. Like now it's, you know, transitioning and making sure that I always have like my card on me and also in like managing the cash flow, but then also the cards. And it's just like, it's changing all the time. Yes. And it's something that you just have to adapt to and making sure that you're on top of it and being like adaptable and knowing how to kind of like stay on top of these changes is also super important. Um, so I want to ask what your kind of your biggest tip is for students or young professionals in regards to money management and saving that maybe they can implement in their daily life right now. Okay. Awesome. Um, I would stop, drop and create an emergency fund. (laughs) That would be my biggest advice is I don't care if you're a student. I don't care if you are, um, early on in your career, whatever, like stop, drop and create an emergency fund. And so by an emergency fund, I just mean a savings account that that you don't touch, right? Like a lot of times people think of a savings account, and this is why I call it an emergency fund and not a savings account. But in my eyes, a savings account is saving for something. Here's my savings account, and I'm saving for a car. I'm going to save up, and then I'm going to buy the car, right? An emergency fund is not money sitting there for you to spend. It's sitting there for an emergency. And so, um, for example, I can think when I was in college and I drove a Sunfire, which is just, it's a two-door. It barely worked. It didn't have air conditioning. It didn't have a radio. I had to pull the windows down myself because they, it just, it was, yeah. And it one day decided to just basically blow up. It just like combusted. And it was, I basically had to push it to the mechanic. Thank God it was only like a block away. (laughs) And the mechanic was like, okay, yeah, um, it's like $700 to drive this thing again. And to me at that time, $700 was 1 million, right? Like I was like 700, what am I going to do? And so I had to leave it there for like three weeks. I left it there for, I was like, I don't have that. I can't, I don't have that money. How, how would I ever get that? And so I had to save every single penny and go and do that. And so, and I was like borrowing my friend's cars, all this stuff. And so I somehow made it work, but maybe you're in a position where 
you, you can't go without your car. You can't do this. And you don't have that flexibility. And so making sure you have that emergency fund and um, to figure out how much you need in it, what I recommend is one month to three months of expenses. And um, it depends on like your risk. So if you are, let's say you live at home with mom and dad and you drive to community college and so you don't pay for rent or food or whatever, you only need one month, right? You only need one month of expenses. But if you live by yourself and you do have bigger expenses or you have a pet or you have um, people counting on you, definitely I would do at least three months of expenses to start with before going and tackling debt or tackling other goals. Um, but seriously, doing that is the best thing ever because then you're never going to get in a bind where it's like, oh no, COVID happened and I lost my bartending job today and now I don't know how I'm going to eat, right? You're you're yeah, not in a lot that situation. of uncertainty is in the air right now and everyone's exactly. feeling it. But also it's a great time. And here in North America, especially it's the start of school. So a lot of people are starting fresh, you know, moving out or getting ready to kind of like get in this new headspace for a new school year. So I really hope that a lot of people listening will take that piece of advice. And right now is like the perfect time to like set your goals for the year, set the tone for this school year. Or if you're not starting school this new September, this new season, mm-hmm and really get on top of one, they just pick one thing and like tackle it. So if it's your savings, you know, like Chloe was just saying, just set aside each month or pick an amount. And right now is like the perfect time, I think, to like really dig into that goals. And so moving a little bit away from, you know, the money side and financial literacy, from an entrepreneurial side, you are the CEO and the face of the brand Deeper Than Money. So how did you handle adversity and doubt throughout the growth of the brand? Absolutely. So that's a great question. And I think it's the question that stops most people from starting, right? They're like, what if somebody says this to me? Or what if somebody thinks it's stupid? Or what if this? And um, the biggest thing is that I, all I cared about was going out and putting this into the world because I believed in the greater vision. And all those times that things would pop up and be like, what if you can't do this? What if you can't do this? I, I would just focus on all of the people that I could help. And for me, right, the reason I started this business is because when I started, um, like I paid off $36,000 of debt in 18 months and six of those months I was in college and it changed everything for me. It changed the trajectory of my life. It changed what I believed was possible for me. It changed everything. And so that feeling inside of me that I got when I accomplished that, that was, I, I mean, I can't even put it into words. And so I knew that if I could go and help other people feel that it would be so worth everything else. It'd be worth the doubt. It would be worth any, um, you know, struggles along the way. It would be worth any like, um, you know, big blowups that happened or whatever. And, And it has been a million percent. And, um, and I think the biggest thing, the best piece of advice I would give someone is to remember that you are not your business. Um, even though I'm the face of the business, even though I'm the CEO of this business, I am not my business. And maybe you're in corporate or you, you are a student. You are not your schoolwork. You are not your grades. You are not your job. Like you are not what you do. Who you are is not what you do. And so being able to separate that, I struggle with that early on where I would drop the ball on something and get an email that was like, what about this? And I'd be like, I suck. I'm a bad human. Why am I even doing this? I'm not. And so being able to really separate that. And now let's say something comes up in my business where I drop the ball on something or whatever. It's like, Oh, okay. What can I learn from this? What do we need to do going forward? So this doesn't happen. Bada bing, bada boom. I go on with my day when I'm done for the work with, when I'm done with work for the day, I can go unplug and detach 
from the result, good or bad, of my business. For sure. I think that's really hard for entrepreneurs, especially because you are literally putting your heart and soul into what you're doing. So especially like you were saying, like you felt it right at the beginning, it's hard to kind of like have that separation. That's a great tip. And hopefully everyone listening, if you want to start something, please do it. And with that, where can our listeners connect with you online to stay connected with you and learn more about financial literacy and money management? Absolutely. So I, we are deeper than money on every single social media um, deeper the money on Instagram, deeper the money co is our business. Um, Instagram we're on TikTok. We're no on, oh, yes. oh my gosh. I love TikTok. We're on TikTok. Are you, like, do you make them? Like, do you do like the dances or is it more yes. like, are they like, t- well, oh, yes. you know what? I try, I try to do like some dances. Um, I'm not very good at it. Um, but it's lots difficult. of like quick, it really quick, is difficult. It is. No, it's really hard. Um, but lots of like quick tips over on TikTok. but we're on, um, we have a free Facebook group. You can search deeper than money on Facebook and I go live every single Wednesday and coach for free. So, um, Wednesday at 6 PM. So go and join that deeper than money podcast. If whatever your favorite social media site, if you search deeper than money, we will be there. Come choose the message. <laughs> Perfect. And to close it off, what is one piece of advice that you want to leave listeners with that you wish you knew at the beginning of the, your career or that you've been given throughout your career that really sticks with you? Oh my gosh. Um, I think one of the best is like one of my favorite quotes. It's Benjamin Hardy. And it is, I always like mess up. Let me, okay, let me say this right. It is that unsuccessful people make decisions based on where they are. Successful people make decisions off where they want to be. And so for a long time, I would say to myself, well, I can't go and like take this course or I don't want to go and read that book because I'm bad with money. And that's a, that, that, that kept me unsuccessful. Right. But when I started saying, you know what, I'm not successful right now, but I'm going to make a decision on where I want to be, which is good at money, which is a business owner, which is this. And so based on that, I am going to go read the book. I am going to take the course. I am going to go and ask for help and do all that stuff. And so really just leveling up and making decisions based on the highest version of myself, instead of letting my ego make the decision based on where I am now. For sure. That's a great piece of advice. And like I said, it's the start of a new school year for everyone listening. So take this time to really set your goals. Like you just said, think about the, make the decisions based on where you want to be, not where you are right now. And we wish everyone a really great school year. And with that, I want to thank Chloe so much for taking the time out of her day to be here with us on the Business Casual Podcast. You gave us some great advice and learning more about financial literacy and money management. And I really hope all of our listeners will start implementing that in their everyday life. So thank you so much again, Chloe, for taking the time. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and check us out on Instagram at business.casual.podcast. Till next time.